Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guest William Yateman. He's a uh, senior legal fellow. Uh, at the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll also visit with Ellen Prager. She's an ocean scientist and the author of a new book, Escape Undersea. We'll also visit with Dean Clancy. He's a senior policy fellow at the Americans for Prosperity organization. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, author of many books, will be joining us as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is March the 24th and on the stand. 1989, one of the worst oil spills in the United States history begins with the supertanker Exxon Valdez, owned and operated by the Exxon Corporation, <clears throat> ran aground on the reef in Prince William Sound in southern Alaska. An estimated 11 million gallons of oil eventually spilled into the water. Attempts to contain the massive spill were unsuccessful, and wind and current spread the oil more than 100 miles from its source eventually polluting more than 700 miles of coastline. Hundreds of thousands of birds and animals were adversely affected by the environmental disaster. It was later revealed that Joseph Hazelwood, the captain of the Valdez, was drinking at the time of the accident and allowed an uncertified officer to steer the massive vessel. <clears throat> In March 1990, Hazelwood was convicted of misdemeanor negligence, fined $50,000, and ordered to perform a thousand hours of community service. In July 1992, an Alaska court overturned Hazelwood's conviction, citing a federal statute that grants freedom from prosecution to those who report an oil spill. Exxon itself was condemned by the National Transportation Safety Board and in early 1991 agreed under pressure from environmental groups to pay a penalty of $100 million and provide $1 billion over the 10-year period for the cost of the cleanup. Now, this is incredible. However, later in the year, both Alaska and Exxon rejected the agreement, and in October 1991, the oil giant settled the matter by paying $25 million, less than 4% of the cleanup and promised by Exxon earlier in the year. Boy, that's, I don't understand those negotiations, but there should have been, there must have been something else besides just outright negotiations on, on the table negotiations. Unbelievable. <clears throat> well, stocks were uh, extra jumpy as investors chewed over the implications of the Fed's latest interest rate hike, and it closed higher. The uh, micro was up, uh, although Accenture, the professional services giant, uh, Pop said it would uh, uh, be cutting 19,000 jobs, or about 2.5% of its workforce, in the eight, next 18 months to trim costs. Futures are down about 300 right now, so it looks like a rough day for the market. Governor Ron DeSantis' Department of Health is no longer listing equity as a top or any priority in the health goals, according to a report from the Miami Herald. Florida in 2017 prioritized focusing on avoidable inequities, inequalities, historical and contemporary injustices, and elimination of health and health care disparities. But in 2022, under Surgeon General uh, Joseph Ladapo <coughs> and uh, DeSantis, equity was removed. The Herald reported that the uh, top priority area had to do with Alzheimer's disease and the sixth involved social and economic conditions impacting health, but did not include any mention of race or ethnicity. Although the 22-page uh, state health improvement plan lists correcting certain race-specific health outcomes as goals, the document made no mention of equity. Ladapo reportedly said health equity has a political meaning and has no place in addressing health problems. Good for you. He called it imprecise, and it's a term that really is going to have more political meaning than a meaning related to health, but it's the state health improvement plan, so we will focus on health, Ladapo said. 
DeSantis appointed Ladapo in uh, 2021. He's routinely been skeptical of the effectiveness and safety of the uh, mRNA COVID-19 vaccines and opposed measures like masking and lockdowns. Uh, this just, I think, illustrates how deeply embedded all this woke nonsense is in our society. Even here in the free state of Florida, we have to uh, eliminate con- concepts like equity from our health goals, <clears throat> public health goals. Well, President Joe Biden, uh, his order to uh, f- that federal employees get vaccinated under COVID-19 was blocked Thursday by a federal appeals court. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans rejected arguments that Biden, as the nation's chief executive, had the same authority as the CEO of a private corporation to require employees be vaccinated. <clears throat> Excuse me, please. <clears throat> the ruling came from... Uh, uh, <clears throat> The ruling from a full appeals court, 16 full-time judges at the time the case was argued, reversed an earlier ruling by a three-court Fifth Circuit panel that had upheld the vaccination requirement. Judge Andrew Oldham, uh, nominated to the court by the President Donald Trump, wrote the opinion for a 10-member majority. Opponents of the policy said it's an encroachment on federal workers' lives that neither the Constitution nor federal statutes authorize. This is such an important story because, again, we're starting to create barriers for the nonsense we went through for three years with uh, two weeks to slow the spread. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, now we have a judgment uh, that uh, employees can't be mandated, at least in federal government. We'll see how this turns out in other locations as well. President Joe Biden's approval rating is dipped to a near low for his presidency, according to a new poll, as he deals with banking crisis, high inflation, foreign policy circumstances that lawmakers, even on the same side of the aisle, can't seem to agree on. He's also got himself in some hot water with regard to Hunter. Biden's approval rating sits at just 38% in the new Associated Press NORC uh, Center for Public Affairs Research poll, down from 45% in February and 41% in January. The latest numbers veer dangerously close to Biden's lowest of his presidency, uh, when last July only 36% of people approved of the job he was doing as rising costs in gasoline, groceries, and more plagued the nation. Uh, there's going to be more news breaking, but I think it could even go lower. Well, nearly nine out of 10 Americans feel impacted by the Biden economy, socked by inflation and higher prices, and most fear it's going to get worse. In a new monthly McLaughlin Associates survey, likely voters said the country is on the wrong track, a trend that began last summer and has widened to a 39-point gap. So, again, this is contributing to his lack of popularity, but I think we can all see the economy is on the wrong track. Well, Representative Matt Gates and Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene have invited former uh, Biden staff, Senate staffer Tara Reid to testify before Congress about her claims that Joe Biden sexually assaulted her in 1993. On Monday, Gates uh, tweeted, at the invitation of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and I, and with the blessing of Chairman Comer, Tara Reid will be returning to Congress to give a transcribed interview regarding her allegations that Joe Biden sexually assaulted her. Along with this tweet, gets uh, <clears throat> what he explained uh, reads allegations against Biden and share reads alleged Joe Biden sexually assaulted her by her inside the Capitol building while she was a staffer for Biden when he was senate, uh, a senator. He, we've seen the testimony. She's reported on, uh, on Tucker Carlson today in many cases. Uh, don't know what good this will do. I hope it does some good because actually she deserves justice. We do have a two-tiered justice system, unfortunately. Well, the Arizona Supreme Court ruled Wednesday to send a piece of former GOP gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake's election lawsuit back to trial court to examine whether or not Maricopa County followed signature verification policies in 2022. This is a big deal. Courts have been reluctant to uh, look at these uh, cases, which involves... Uh, election fraud, but this is going to be a good case. The order states it is further ordered, remanding to the trial court to determine whether the claim that Maricopa County failed to comply with uh, f- the law fails to state a claim pursuant uh, for reasons other than latches or uh, whether petitioner can prove her claim as alleged in uh, in the lawsuit. In any event, uh, so now what's going to happen is I got to go back and take a look at this. Over 100,000 uh, ballots that are in question 
<clears throat> as to whether they followed the law and whether the match, signatures match. I think this is going to be, and she lost by 17,000 votes. I think this is a point where Katie Hobbs is going to end up losing out as governor of, of uh, Arizona. And uh, I don't know if there's going to be a new election, exactly how this is going to go. But fortunately, no matter how it turns out, uh, Carrie Lake gets her day in court. And this is a good thing. Well, the attorneys of five Proud Boys on trial on charges stemming from capital breach say they have been informed by prosecutors that a witness they had planned to call on behalf of the defense has been a a government informant since 2021. Can you believe that? During this period of time, the informant had been in contact via telephone, text messaging, and other electronic means with one or more of the counsel for the defense. And at least one defendant, said Carmen Hernandez, an attorney for one of the uh, five Proud Boys, uh, Zachary Rell, in a motion asking for more information on informants in the case. Hernandez filed a motion on behalf of all five defendants who are on trial on charges of seditious conspiracy. Those defendants include Enrique Terrio, the Proud Boys' former national chairman. In court papers filed Wednesday, Hernandez said the informant attended prayer meetings with one of the defendant's families and also uh, discussed the makeup of the defense team. This is just so egregious and so wrong. Can you imagine a plant inside the defense team? Hernandez said the court uh, papers that the prosecutors told defense team on Wednesday afternoon that the witness they were planning to call to testify on Thursday had been working for the government. The informant was not named in the court papers, but Hernandez claimed she was told the witness was a confidential human source for the government since April 2021. The judge in the uh, case told prosecutors to file a response to the defendant's court papers by uh, yesterday afternoon. I think that's what it it could be next Thursday, but I would suspect it's yesterday. The wire services said the trial is one of the most serious cases uh, to come before January 6, 2021, capital breach. So this is, uh, the defense attorneys have maintained there is no evidence of the Proud Boys plotted to attack the Capitol and prevent Congress from certifying Biden's electoral victory. And of course they didn't. And apparently there's still another thousand people they want to bring in and uh, uh, make charges against uh, for on this January 6 <laughs> debacle. It's crazy. I think I got time for one more story here before we uh, go to our guest. Uh, IQ scores uh, significantly increased from 1932 in the 20th century all over the world, with differences ranging from roughly three to five IQ points per decade. This phenomenon is known as the Flynn effect. Who's Flynn? I have no idea. But now, however, a new study on Northwestern University suggests a reverse Flynn effect of sort by taking place in the United States. The reverse Flynn effect was present across the large U.S. sample covering 2006 and 18 in every category. Still, there were consistent negative slopes among three out of four cognitive domains. So our intelligence as a nation is slipping. Does that have anything to do with the school system and uh, woke ideology and (laughs) all the things that are going on? I think it may. Uh, Ability scores pertaining to verbal reasoning, uh, uh, matrix reasoning, and letter and number series all dropped over the course of the study period. Unbelievable. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com and give them a call. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow uh, with the Pacific Legal Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lula Bee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, you should know that most health insurance plans here in the United States don't cover international travel. You want to make sure you can travel with confidence and you'll be covered. Uh, You can do it for pretty short money. You should just visit the website internationalhealthplans.com, internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Ellen Prager, Earth Scientist. Right now we have with us William Yateman. As I mentioned before the break, he is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, William. Tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. Uh, We're a legal nonprofit, and we defend Americans for free from government abuse. A lot of that going on. It's, it's, a, big, it's a big market. <laughs> so I, I wanted to start off by getting your comments on uh, this district attorney in New York and his uh, intended indictment. Well, maybe not anymore. We'll find out. But uh, get your thoughts on the intricacies of what's going on with that. Well, you bet. So uh, as you intimate uh, at the outset, there's a lot of uncertainty here. Um, so we know for sure that uh, the New York County uh, A.D. Alvin Bragg has convened a 23-person grand jur- jury to weigh felony indictment charges against former President Trump. Um, we also know that this grand jury has invited Trump to testify, which under the New York system is one of the final steps before the, the grand jury goes to vote. Hmm. Um, the it was expected perhaps as early as this week, but now we know that today they will not be convening. Or I'm sorry, yesterday they did not convene the issue. And the earliest they could take it back up is Monday. Um, so with all that being said, what are they weighing? Um, and it's it's a remarkable charge. So uh, uh, this DA Alvin Bragg uh, alleges that uh, Trump's hush money payments to uh, former adult star Stormy Daniels, um, that this violates a New York bookkeeping law. And that's a misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. Now, to get it to a felony, he has bootstrapped this state misdemeanor with federal uh, campaign finance laws. This has never been done before, this sort of tenuous connection between these two charges. And I guess, as your listeners are perhaps no doubt aware, um, a, a former president has never been charged with a felony before. So it, it's it, it, remarkable, I guess, somewhat that the, this DA is proceeding with what uh, uh, one George Washington University law professor has called a legally pathetic case. Yeah. 
Um, and I guess I should, I'd be remiss if I didn't note here that this is a case that the, Fed, the, the federal government, the Department of Justice, has already weighed and decided not to pursue. And indeed, it's a case that D.A. Bragg himself had weighed and decided not to pursue. So um, why all of a sudden he has resuscitated this zombie indictment um, is anyone's guess. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's remarkable. Um, it certainly seems like very thin soup for the very serious, unprecedented action of indicting a former president. Um, and um, say this, it, it, uh, you know, you don't have to be a supporter or, or uh, an opponent of Donald Trump to recognize that this is a bit Stalin-esque. I mean, yeah. this does seem to be an abuse of our justice system. And um, one does wonder whether or not any other human being on Earth would have been the subject of these novel charges uh, other than uh, anyone but, but Trump, that is. Um, so it's, a, 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 I'm sorry to say, a bit of a depressing commentary um, upon how uh, justice works at least well, in New York. And another example, as you're pointing out, of uh, a dual system of justice, unfortunately. By the way, uh, just yesterday, apparently, uh, <clears throat> Donald Trump produced a letter signed by Stormy Daniels saying that we, uh, we never had any affair at all. And apparently also there's proof that, in fact, Trump was not even aware of the $130,000 payment when it occurred, and it, he, he didn't, it didn't come out of his coffers. So I don't know what they're basing the case on. <clears throat> I bet, I'll bet, that he decides to drop the case. It Well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be shocked by that, um, again, given sort of the novelty of it. And so you note a few of the factual concerns with these allegations. Yeah. The, the DA will also has a very high burden when it comes to intent with these federal campaign finance laws. So it's not just the factual matters. It's getting into the head of President Trump and, and demonstrating that proof as well. So that was to say um, it's an uphill case, not just the novel legal uh, uh, concepts at issue, yeah. but also the factual arguments and the intent arguments. So uh, due to all these factors, and for, shoot, another reason that perhaps he, he uh, would be inclined to drop the case, he's getting very little support from institutional Democrats. I mean, in a very pointed commentary or a very pointed response to a question this week, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer refused to condone what Alvin Bragg was doing. I mean, yeah. was conspicuously silent uh, um, in the face of reporter questions. Yeah. So one wonders whether or not there are reservations, even among those inclined to uh, uh, go after Trump, no matter what. Uh, so interesting. We're going to be talking about this a little bit later in the show with Larry Bell. But uh, I'm wondering, uh, apparently Biden has locked away some mental resources by unilaterally creating national monuments in Nevada and Texas. This is indeed. This is a, a five hundred thousand acre uh, national monument. These are designated under a nineteen oh six law known as the Antiquities Act. This is very common for progressive presidents to do. Um, the long and short of it is that we have Congress has set forth very detailed processes by which federal lands get regulated. Uh -huh. these, these processes are very solicitous of state interests. Unfortunately, this 1906 law allows the president to unilaterally circumvent all these careful procedures and uh, sort of by fiat, by executive order, um, regulate lands as he sees fit. So uh, the essence of this move by Biden um, was to prevent a lithium mine from going up in Nevada. Huh. Um, and I'll note here that lithium is a crucial component of electric vehicles, sure. which are a huge priority for this administration, which sort of the, so shows how often they're at cross purposes with themselves. But this is a uh, uh, unfortunately uh, very much part of the progressive playbook, and we can expect a lot more of this were Biden to win a second term and face no more electoral accountability. Wow. Uh, so you can really count on Joe Biden to do the best thing for the American people. <laughs> so sad. William Yateman, again, senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Pacificlegal.org is the website. Pacificlegal.org. William, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Ellen Prager. She is... Uh, an earth scientist. I don't know if she wants to be called an ocean scientist or earth scientist, but indeed she's a prolific author. And uh, 
we'll be talking with Ellen. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dean Clancy. He's with Americans for Prosperity. Right now we have with us Ellen Prager. Ellen is an author. She's written many books. Uh, Ellen, I don't know whether to call you an ocean scientist or an earth scientist. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, I typically go marine scientist. It's sort of, you know, besides most of the ocean, of the earth is ocean. So that kind of works both ways. Yeah, I read your book, Oceans, which was really terrific. And it, it, it helped me understand how little we actually know about the, we probably know more about outer space than we know about the oceans. Well, we're learning as technology develops and we invest a little bit more into exploring our, our seas, we're starting to learn more. And, you know, we've got new technology like satellites and things like that that over the past couple of decades has, has really helped. Yeah. So, Ellen, uh, I, I read that we have a seaweed bloom 5,000 miles wide uh, floating towards uh, southwest Florida. And I thought I'd get your comments about this and what it means for us. So what people are talking about is a brown algae called sargassum. And it's, a, it's not like a one bloom or blob. It's a belt of sargassum. Um, and it is, in fact, going through the Caribbean Sea and going into the Gulf of Mexico. It's, it, we've always had sargassum in the oceans. It's a free-floating algae or seaweed. And what's happened is since 2011... It's been in much higher abundance, which we think is because of excess nutrients coming in from rivers like the Amazon and the Orinoco, really fueling Mm. the growth of the sargassum. Now, the one thing to remember is once the sargassum gets into the Gulf of Mexico, it's not clear where it's going to go. And it makes it sound like it's lurking off the beaches of the southwest Florida coast. That's not really true Uh because... It may go into the Gulf of Mexico, get caught up in the loop current, and be swept around the, the southern tip of Florida and go into the east coast, along the east coast. So, you know, it's something that we want to keep our eyes on and see what's happening, but it's not a sure thing that it, there's good sargassum is going to end up at our beaches. And, you know, we already now, we always have a little bit of sargassum. The question is the amount. So, Ellen, uh can you give us a context for 5,000 miles miles wide? I mean, is this an unusual development, or is it 
pretty common. Well, it's been increasing since 2011. So before then, you'd have sargassum, but it wouldn't be that extensive of mm-hmm. a bloom or an amount of it. It is, again, it's a function of too much nutrients. It's pollution going into the ocean and fueling it. Probably there's also some influences of climate change and probably deforestation as well. Uh, but it is so I don't want to say it's unusual uh-huh. because it may be the you know that may be the new normal uh, until we can get a handle on things. But the problem is when you get a lot of sargassum washing up onto a beach, they're having big problems in the Caribbean. Um, it starts to degrade. It creates hydrogen sulfide gas when it decomposes. It's you know horrible for people with tourism and fishing and things from the beach. Yeah. So interesting. Right, while we're on the topic, uh, what if you could make a comment on red tide? We've had our share of it here this year on the uh, Paradise Coast. What are your thoughts? Well, sure. I was just looking at some of the numbers uh, just a few minutes ago, and it, it, luckily it looks like it's on the on the mend. It's decreasing. Mm-hmm. The numbers are looking pretty good right now, certainly down by Naples. Uh, the, the samples coming back are low to none. So that's you know, there's a positive note, right? Yes. Um, but red tide is a natural dinoflagellar or algae that's in the water. Um, certain conditions cause it to come to sh- towards shore and rise in abundance. And then what we think is happening again is nutrients coming off the land, pollution, helps fuel these, these blooms. Um, there is uh, some thought that Hurricane Ian when all of that runoff from Hurricane Ian uh, went into the ocean, that, that may have driven or fueled the, the latest bloom, but we don't know that for sure. Uh-huh. But again, we need, we need to get a handle on pollution, getting off the shore, fueling these blooms. They don't start them. They don't trigger them. But once those red tide blooms start, you know, any sort of nutrient excess is going to fuel them. Uh-huh. So interesting. So, uh, again, Ellen Prager, uh, author of Escape Under Sea. Ellen, uh, are, are we making progress on reducing the nutrients that are flowing into the uh, ocean and into the Gulf? Well, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure what's being done specifically down in the Naples area. Uh-huh. Um, I will say the one place where I know they're making great strides is the Indian River Lagoon on the east coast of Florida. They have tremendous programs to change septic to sewer to put in living shorelines, more wetlands, uh, to do all the things that we know make a difference. So we need to, ch- we've got to get rid of septic systems where you can have high rainfall or, you know, that can run right into the ocean. Yeah. We've got to our infrastructure, you know, you know this, everybody out there knows this, that our population along these coasts is increasing dramatically. We need the infrastructure to deal with the sewer, the sewage and the runoff that's coming off the land. So, in some places, we're, we're making some strides, but I'll be honest, I don't think we do, we're doing enough. I yeah. think it's one thing to say, oh, we're going to clean up the dead fish. It's another thing to say, okay, we're going to start cutting back the nutrients, the fertilizer use, that's an important one, septic systems, all the things that we know, and nutrients to the system. Yeah, apparently we've got a, a, a number of homes, a large number of homes in the, the middle of the state who have faulty septic systems. And it's a big, big problem because uh, based on the size of the homes and the, the finances, probably most people can't afford to replace their septic system. So I don't, I don't know. We're right. going to have to do something about that. Right. I don't think it's going to fall on the individual. I think, you know, I certainly know in Indian River Lagoon, they're getting a lot of federal and state money with, to make those changes. There's, you know, it, you can't, it, you, you can't think that the individual is going to be able to afford that. Yeah. So, it, it's going to have to come from outside, and it's going to have to be either provide some incentive to do it or regula- regulation to do it. But those are the things that need to be done. Or some financing. So, uh, Ellen, uh, your net latest book, Escape Undersea, maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. Thanks, Bob. Well, I'm excited. You know, one of the things I've done is, is really taken on how do we get young kids mm-hmm. or young readers engaged in reading and learning about the ocean and science and nature. Reading is so important. You know, as people talk about science literacy, well, you're not going to get science literacy unless you can get reading literacy. Mm-hmm. And I want to make science and reading fun. So I have 
a series of books called The Wonderlist Adventures. The first one was called Escape Galapagos. The second was Escape Greenland. And the latest book is called Escape Undersea. And they combine adventure, action, fun, fun, relatable characters with learning about the ocean. And not only some of the problems in the ocean, like this book, Escape Undersea, takes on invasive species of lionfish, um, algal blooms, but also about what is it like to live underwater. So I based a lot of it, some of the characters and what happens in some of my own experiences. I must say, uh, as I recall from previous interviews, you spent a lot of time underwater. Maybe set a record. (laughs) Well, definitely, definitely no record. But I, you know, in as a as a young marine scientist, I spent a ton of time scuba diving, snorkeling, doing studies, and then I was very fortunate to do two missions in the Aquarius Reef Base, where I got to live underwater to study coral reefs and do other things for a week to two weeks. And then I was their chief scientist, so I was very familiar with the program. Even when I wasn't living underwater, I was I was very involved with the program itself. So I, yeah, I've been really fortunate. Well, thank you for that, Ellen. By the way, again, the name of the book is Escape Undersea. It's probably available at all book outlets. Well, I think you can order it online for sure, and you can order it through any bookstore. If they don't have it in stock, though, they can order it readily for you. All right, Escape Undersea by Ellen Prager. Ellen, I really appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Dean Clancy. He is the Senior Policy Fellow at Americans for Prosperity. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Times they're changing and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional somber formal affair marking one's passing is transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. Each of issues unique. We're all made up of little details that makes us different and irreplaceable. At Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens, there are many details that set them apart, differences you'll find nowhere else. Hodges Funeral Home at Memorial Gardens offers flexible chapel and event space, a modern funeral home, a celebration of life center, cremation options, and a 100% service guarantee. Call Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens at 239-597-3101. That's 239-597-3101. Or visit the website DignityMemorial.com. That's www.DignityMemorial.com.
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought in part by the Optima Foundation. Do you support school choice and do you support the development of uh, charter schools here in the state of Florida? Well, you want to take advantage of the Education Freedom Gala coming up Sunday evening, this Sunday, March the 26th. It's an evening with Greg Gutfeld, who also supports a school choice. You can find out by, more by going to the website Optima.Foundation, Optima.Foundation. Uh, we have with us Dean Clancy. He is a, a senior policy fellow with the Americans for Prosperity and also Paragon Health Institute public advisor. Uh, Dean, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Dean. Uh, tell us about Americans for Prosperity. Americans for Prosperity is a national grassroots advocacy organization. We have volunteers across the country and and paid staff in many states. We fight to remove government barriers between you and your version of the American dream. And uh, we uh, also uh, knock on doors and uh, educate policymakers and uh, donate to candidates, endorse candidates. In fact, in 2024, we will be endorsing in the presidential race, something that we have not done before. Yeah, I've always known as you as a nonpartisan organization, so that's an interesting step in that direction. Well, we think that the country has so many challenges yeah. that we can't afford to sit out uh, any longer. Yeah, well, well done, Dean. Uh, by the way, uh, before we get into the topic at hand, Paragon Health Institute, what's it all about? Paragon Health Institute is one of the best health policy-focused think tanks uh, in America. It's relatively new. It was founded, I think, two years ago. It's headed up by a former uh, administration official, White House uh, policy expert named Brian Blaze, uh, who helped to uh, devise some of the excellent health reforms uh, that were put in place uh, during the uh, during the Trump administration in 2018, 2019, that period. And um, they are doing excellent work trying to show that, uh, you know, markets uh, can work in healthcare if you let them. And in fact, that's the only way to bring down the cost of healthcare to improve quality and access. So they are, uh, they're a heavy hitter, and I'm very proud to be associated with them. Well, thank you, Dean, for that. And uh, that kind of brings to, uh, to the point of our uh, discussion today, which is ideas that could work to bring down the cost of health care. Uh, Medicare health care costs are spiraling out of control and giving us less and fewer and fewer choices with regard to our health care. Uh, tell us about it. Sure. Well, uh, health care uh, costs uh, have been going up steadily for decades. They are... Um, uh, it's out of control, really, and it's a strain on not just government budgets, uh, where it's causing entitlements like Medicare and Medicaid to go bankrupt, but in family budgets as well. Plus, it's a big cost for businesses. You yeah. know, uh, uh, you know, uh, automakers typically spend more money on health care than they do on steel, for example. And um, the reason is because the government has distorted how we pay for health care. Uh, through the tax code, and also it's piled on huge regulations that have driven it up. So health insurance premiums have doubled since uh, the uh, Affordable Care Act was enacted in 2010, and uh, people's access to doctors and hospitals is shrinking yep. because of federal regulations. So um, so the government has messed things up, and it, this turns out to be the number one issue on voters' minds right now in, for health care is the cost of health care. People care about inflation, jobs, and the cost of health care in that order. That's their, that's their top issues, according to our uh, Americans for Prosperity polling. So, uh, Dean, by the way, uh, you have a very rich background in terms of uh, association involvement with these issues in policy. Uh, can you just take a moment and tell us about your background? Oh, sure. Um, I've been involved in public policy uh, for decades now. I uh, have worked in uh, three White Houses uh, also on Capitol Hill, both the House and Senate side uh, in Washington, um, always doing either communications or policy work. Um, and I've worked in the, uh, the, the healthcare industry as well. And uh, so healthcare has been my main issue. But in past jobs, I've done things like write telegrams for Ronald Reagan and speeches for Jack Kemp. Wow, that's so interesting. So, Dean, uh, what are some pragmatic things we could do to, to uh, start to affect the change that you'd like to see? Well, first thing we need to do is 
stop expanding these government um, spending programs and regulations that I'm talking about, which is really what President Biden and the Democrats uh, are talking about doing. They've been doing this. Mm -hmm. And uh, the result is that, for example, Medicare is going to go broke in 10 years, the hospital trust fund, unless serious changes are made. And the only reforms that uh, President Biden is proposing are to raise payroll taxes, which will kill jobs and hurt working families, and to cut the Medicare Advantage element of Medicare. That's an option within Medicare that half of all seniors have voluntarily chosen. It gives them extra benefits at low or no cost because it's delivered by competing private insurance companies. The Biden administration doesn't like that part of Medicare. They prefer the bureaucracy. So they're cutting it. Now, what could we do instead? Well, for one thing, we could change the way uh, um, Medicare pays Uh, You know, it pays doctors in hospitals way more than doctors independently for exactly the same service. That makes no sense. You can save hundreds of billions of dollars and extend the Medicare trust fund just by fixing that. And by the way, you would also save uh, tens of billions of dollars for seniors on their out-of-pocket expenses because they have to pay a piece of every service. And um, that's just one small example. But in healthcare generally, what we need to do is put patients in charge of more of the spending. Everybody needs some kind of financial protection, insurance. It could be a lot less expensive with some sensible reforms. And then everybody should also have tools that empower them as consumers. For example, everyone should have a tax-free health savings account into which they and their employers can put money and save and spend for health care tax-free. It'll make their health care dollar go farther, and it will lower health care costs because people always spend more wisely <clears throat> when they're spending their own money rather than someone else's. And then lastly, I'll just mention direct patient care, which is a new subscription-based model where you, in a sense, rent or hire the doctors of your choice with no insurance company middleman, and uh, often you have 24-7 access, and the doctors get to know you, they spend more time with you. And uh, in the old days, this was called concierge medicine, but it's very affordable and it's a much better way to access health care. We're trying to promote that as well. Uh, by the way, for our listeners that might want to find some services like that in our area, is there something you can Google or DuckDuckGo to, to find? Uh, sure. I would uh, type in direct primary care, uh-huh. direct primary care, DPC. That's kind of the label of this new model and uh, you'll probably find practices somewhere in your region uh, that offer this service Uh, for example i'm in florida i'm in sarasota but uh, near me in northport is a place called epiphany health direct primary care and they're world class very affordable and uh, to just give you an example it's like 65 dollars a month for an adult 10 dollars a month for each child and they really do you know, respond. I mean, uh, people in that service, the, the doctor gives them his personal cell phone number. Yeah. You know, whose doctor does that? Yeah, and, well, and, and the interesting thing is that you can, I'm guessing you've got a, some sort of catastrophic health care plan and a uh, health savings account, and you're all set. Exactly. It's like a three-layer cake, an HSA, DPC, and a good, affordable health insurance policy, preferably one that's portable from job to job, Yeah. you know, one that you buy on your own. And that's possible, and we just need some good government reforms at the federal and state levels to make that kind of health care sort of a more old-fashioned, more sensible health care possible. I wish we had more time, Dean, because you really got my attention when you said getting rid of Medicare Advantage. I I can't believe Just another example of how he doesn't care about the American people. It's just unbelievable. Uh, Again, Dean Clancy, he is the Senior Policy Fellow with Americans for Prosperity and also Paragon Health Institute Public Advisor. Dean, really interesting conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit with Larry Bell. He is an endowed professor at the University of Houston. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? 
Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's providing you news and commentary rooted in the commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston at Space Architecture, and the author of many books. His latest is Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design, very uh, transparent book about his life and uh, the great work that he's done. Again, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries by Professor Larry Bell. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure, indeed. Uh, you write a column for Newsmax called On Point. Your latest is so interesting. It's Trump indictment would set worrisome precedent for Joe and Hillary. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I guess I think most of the country is pretty aware of a double standard two-tier justice system where, where you know, this latest brouhaha about, about uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and his, his uh, vendetta against Trump and trying to convene a grand jury and indict him on, uh, you know, claims of, I guess it's most all attached to some kind of uh, uh, election campaign beef, which really had nothing to do with it. It was about a, starting with a uh, misdemeanor about an alleged affair with Stormy Daniels and, a, and some hush money that was paid by his attorney. And then... Uh, that was had been dismissed previously by the election committee and dismissed by the by the same office uh, in Manhattan. But uh, but uh, Alvin Bragg made a big deal that he was going to finally get uh, Trump uh, uh, indicted for that. So he took this misdemeanor and he bumped it up to a, a felony, which is kind of kind of nuts because most you know most all legal scholars say that the statute of limitations has two year statute of limitations has has lapsed for the misdemeanor and the, also the five year statute of limitations for any any uh, felony yeah under under these laws is also uh, lapsed so. It's anybody's guess where all this will go in terms of whether Bragg will even be able to bring the suit forward. I think there's a lot of problems in his office, a lot of pushback, even in liberal New York, that this is a, another part of a witch hunt. But 
the gist of the article was that if we look at, compare this with Hillary Clinton's 30,000 emails that she deleted, mm. and, and they said, oh, there's nothing here to see, nothing to indict for, and then we also look at it uh, in terms of Joe Biden and uh, and you know the, the many issues that he faces right now, including a lot of uh, charges of foreign influence peddling and paybacks and uh, and misrepresentations of things, and and uh, and then you compare that again with this longstanding uh, assault on Trump to try to make him ineligible to run again as president where, you know, the thing with Ukraine is, mm-hmm. is his, uh, his promise that he would fire, you know, unless the Ukrainian government fired the prosecutor that was going after this Burisma that, that Hunter worked for, strangely on the board, that he would withhold a billion, billion dollars. dollars. Yeah, billion dollars of money and so on. So, you know, the hypocrisy is is pretty transparent. And I guess the the big question of all this is that it all plays into the 2024 elections and how do all these dynamics affect that? I think we're seeing more and more now of exposures of the uh, suspicious activity reports that Treasury Department's been holding back on Biden family paybacks and uh, from foreign oligarchs and James Comer, who has the oversight committee of the House, has made it clear in these investigations. He's finally getting some data, some of his records from uh, from the Delaware Court and from the from the Treasury that uh, suggests a whole lot of lines of suspicious activity yeah. that clearly clearly is going after. Joe Biden, not so much the family, but the family is the is the cracker trail that leads there. Unbelievable. I mean, Professor. I mean, by the way, not to take away from uh, your the narrative here, but uh, in my opinion, Trump has played Alvin Bragg like a fiddle <laughs> the last week or two with everything that's gone on. He's pretty much called his bluff. Uh, and uh, he, he's produced this letter, number one, from Stormy Daniels, saying that she never had an affair with Trump, and also uh, testimony to the grand jury that uh, you can't trust Cohen. And uh, Cohen said himself that he never uh, told Trump about this hush money, quote-unquote. So <clears throat> there's there's no evidence. It's just unbelievable. Well, I think a lot of it, too, is just uh, is so much of this, I think, is a distraction away from the Democrats' problems. Good point. Because you know, the, the the Biden uh, administration and the policies have been a total disaster, and, and I think now as, as we look at more contemporary issue, the uh, you know the failure of the of the banks, you know, of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank and mid-sized banks, that I think are attributable largely to this woke spending on these crazy green deals that you know look like free money and. They chased it, and they neglected their investors' interests, and they, invest, they neglected the, their risk. So I think I think even even the bank issue is largely traced to 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 these green policies and Biden policies, and and uh, all of this is going to play into twenty twenty four. And then Trump's also got you know DeSantos growing in the polls, and so I think with Trump, a lot of this is. You know, the, you know the, the horse is out of the barn as far as the embarrassment over over any reason. There's you know substantial charges by Stormy Daniels. I think that uh, that that issue is already in the public mind. The question now is, does the public recognize that this is really a cal- another calculated front yeah. to keep him running? And I think, as you say, Trump will play it. Yeah. Again, Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Uh, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries. My Life by Design is the name of his most recent book. I've read it. It's terrific. I hope you get a copy. Also, go to Newsmax.com and check out this and past columns by Larry Bell. 
Uh, the co- name of the column is onpointnewsmax.com. Professor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, thank you so much. My pleasure indeed. <clears throat> well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for Monday's show, including uh, Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of History of HistoryCentral.com. We'll also visit with Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education, and uh, the former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief Jim McTagg will be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs> so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>